Hey awesome, yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility, the empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free. Or hop onto my e-course, Food Foundations, to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, because girl, it's time to go. What's up, friends? I am so excited today. I have a super unique guest for you guys. She's a fellow registered dietitian, and she's got a really, really cool approach to helping people heal their relationship with food. Her name is Tony Marinucci. And before we dive into all that, Tony, I just want to say welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, tell me a little bit about you and where you're from. Yeah. So my name is Tony. I am a dietitian from, I live in New York right now. I'm in Westchester. I grew up on Long Island, but I just moved to like lower Westchester. I didn't just move. I've been here for like almost a decade, but um, <laughs> I I grew up on Long Island. Um, I was, I'm part of a Greek and Italian family, which I love very much. But as you know, with the Greek and Italian family, it's lots of food, lots of love, but I also got a lot of mixed messages because I was also mm. very overweight and I was teased about it. And I was kind of like, you know, finish your food, but then given the side eyes when you went for a second helping, it was very confusing. Oh, yeah. Um, So long story short, I became a registered dietitian because I wanted to learn how to, um, you know, lose the weight, but in a sustainable way, because I tried to go about it in my own way. And I think like many people, you start off with the extreme restrictions, um, the which led to binging, which led to over-exercising, which is like this vicious cycle. So I wanted to learn how to eat. So I became a registered dietitian. And now, you know, me and my team are helping people to find help them to find balance in their eating habits and really break up with this idea of dieting and really helping them just to figure out what works best for them. I love it. I love it. Now you've had some really cool milestones in your career lately. You just, you wrote a number one bestselling book. Tell us about your book. Yeah. So my book is called Once Upon a Diet and it's actually 
an extension of my TEDx talk. So I know you wanted to talk about that today. So I can't even really talk about the book before I even talk about my talk because the TEDx talk was something that was put on my heart maybe four or five years ago. And I knew I always wanted to do a TED talk. I had applied and I got denied actually um, from my alma mater, which was crazy. But anyways, (laughs) it was a blessing in disguise because originally I was going to kind of just talk generally about like how it's important to really, you know, formulate healthy habits instead of going on diets, really just living an active, healthy lifestyle, which I still preach that today, but it didn't have like the topic worth talking about. It didn't have that like standout thing. And so I had gone through a lot of transformation in my own life and my own journey, which led to the title Once Upon a Diet, which was I had noticed that so many women before they would join our program, I would kind of watch them jump from diet to diet, hoping each one was like, quote unquote, the one. Mm -hmm. And I made the analogy that they went around like Cinderella stepsisters trying to jam their foot into something that clearly wasn't (laughs) a good fit for them. And you know, as I was like frustrated by it, I started noticing, but like, okay, first of all, Tony, like you used to do that yourself. So, you know, everyone needs to kind of come to their realization on their own. Like you're not excused from this. Um, And two, like you did this, you're, you're doing at that time I was doing it. You're doing the same thing with dating. Like you go on all these you you're on all in these long term relationships that just like aren't good fits. You're trying to make it work. You break up with them, and then you never learn your lesson, and you go back into this very similar relationship <laughs> with just a different person. It was like the same story, same like person, but just a different name and a different face. Like it was just I never learned my lesson, and so that's when I started to recognize the parallels between like dieting, dating, and romantic relationships. And when I decided to do the TED Talk, I only actually had, I don't know how long you had to speak, which I know you did a TEDx Talk as well. I only had eight minutes to talk, which oh, was not a lot of time at all. I had no, to like, introduce to myself, like establish credibility, yeah. like take, get my points across, right? So that's when the book was actually born because I had realized like I can't fit everything that I want to say because I had like one parallel in my head. Mm-hmm. But then as I started to explore it, there was like, another one and then another one and then another one. And that's when I decided to write my book, Once Upon a Diet, just to help people really understand that we treat dieting the same way we treat dating. And we really need to stop doing that because we live in a society that tells us that we'll be happy when we'll be happy when we lose the weight, we'll be happy, you know, when we find our partner, but they don't spend enough time talking about the quality of how you got there, the quality Mm -hmm. of the relationship, the quality of, you know, it doesn't matter what the number on the scale says, because what matters most is how you feel. And so that's where the idea of the book was born. And now we are almost, almost, I don't know when this is coming out, but it's, I can't believe it's been out for almost a year already. That's so cool. Congratulations (laughs) on all accounts. And what I love is how it kind of like morphed the way it was supposed to, so that you could get like the full idea to come to head. That's so cool. Now your Ted talk, tell me a little bit about, first of all, like before we even talk about the topic, like what did you think about giving a Ted talk? Oh my God. Well, I was so nervous. I put a lot of pressure on myself, Um, like a lot of pressure on myself because obviously I don't know about you, but like my idea behind it was one, of course I had this message and I wanted to kind of, you know, speak to it. And, but like my thought was like, well, I hope that it goes viral. Like, like, I'm not going to lie. Like that was literally my thinking. It didn't, by the way. (laughs) Um, You know, so you learn like, you know, you have to do things more than just for like, you know, 
the views and whatever, which I was doing it. But I think because I put that pressure on myself, it was so much harder because Mm. also too, I'm, I'm fine when it comes to public speaking. I've been podcasting for four years now. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, actually more confident doing a video than I am writing a post, which is, which I, so I thought the Ted talk was the hardest thing, but like (laughs) writing the book was the hardest thing by the way. But like, so I thought it was super hard, whatever. Um, but I think that because I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't screw up. Like I only had Mm. one chance. Like I don't mind screwing up if right here on the podcast, I stumble my words a little bit. I say like too much, which I already know I do. You know, that's not a big deal, but this was going to be recorded. This Mm -hmm. was going to be a one-time shot. It's live. Uh Yeah. Uh So, and then I'm used to kind of, I really am used to just speaking from my heart and whatever comes out, but I need, I couldn't just wing it. I Mm -mm. couldn't just wing it. So I really had to have like more of kind of like a script, Mm -hmm. which was very new for me. Um, But I also wanted to come off like genuine and authentic. So just the whole process was, you know, fortunately, I had a lot of support going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people at, that at the, you know, I did it mine at Lakeland University in Wisconsin, they were very helpful. Um, I actually ended up hiring someone to help me to even just like get the idea formulated a little bit better because cool. I just felt like it wasn't. I wanted it to punch because everyone, I think, not everyone, but a lot of people talk about nutrition and a lot of people talk about, you know, health and wellness. I would say everyone is applicable. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) So it's like I wanted something that was really going to stand out. And mm-hmm. so I got the support and I think that's like the biggest takeaway I always love to tell people. It's like a lot of the things, if you see things that like Jessica and I are doing, we have support. We had support getting there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I didn't get to do the TED talk. I didn't get to write the book without hiring people and, or asking questions to the right people to help me feel a little bit more confident. And then also practice, like practice, 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 oh, crazy. Like, like practice. I was speaking that talk in the shower right? on my me walks. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah, I, even the day of, on um, I was, I rented a car to take me from the hotel. Uh-huh. I, I drove it myself. I'm, I'm driving. I'm like, let me slow down a little bit. Like I have a little time to kill. Like, let me pull over Say <laughs> like, one more time. Like one more time. Down. I can do yes. this. You know, it takes, it takes practice and it takes, you know, it's anything is scary when you've never done it before. Well, I love that you say that there was support. Cause that was one thing, like when I gave mine, I got a lot of feedback of, wow, you're an amazing public speaker. And I just kind of laughed. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, you should have seen the first edit of this thing. Oh my it God. was yeah. so bad. And yeah. I mean, this was practice. This was after, you know, a million rehearsals and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool. I thought to get that extra support, we had coaches that helped us. I don't know if that was a part of it, but there was like a program that they put us through um, and they trained us to be a more professional public speaker, which I thought was invaluable. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Cool. That's great. That's so cool. Okay, so you did the TED Talk. Didn't go viral, but it sounds like in that disappointment, it still kind of shifted into this idea that was born. And yes. you wrote this book, Once Upon a Diet. Tell me a little bit about this. I love it. It's such a unique perspective. It's so, and it's cute. It's girly. I'm super girly, so I'm totally drawn to it. But you parallel or you draw on the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships. So just tell me like overall, like summary and synopsis of what your take with healing your relationship with food is. Use the Cinderella analogy, yes? 
Yeah. So we use, so there's, but there's more than that. So basically I, what I, what I say in the talk, which I explain more in the book, it's like, we need to stop being so much like Cinderella's stepsisters Mm. and more like Goldilocks, like Goldilocks tried a bunch of different things, you know, things that, you know, it was too hot. It was too cold. Then it was just right Uh until she figured out what was perfect for her. And honestly, that's relative to the person. For some people, they really love hot oatmeal. And for other people, they don't like, they like it at room temperature. Like, so she was, she tested the waters and she figured out what worked best for her right whereas Cinderella's stepsisters just so desperately just like wanted to be you know wanted the partner wanted to get married you know wanted the whatever it was and they were just willing to you know do just about anything to get there um and they they were just it wasn't it wasn't a good fit so that's like the overall kind of view of it where I kind of draw the parallels even more it's really helping people to kind of see like if you want something that's long-term and sustainable you know you have to really ask yourself the right questions so I'm really helping people to be introspective like before they do a diet or even go on a date so I, I say this in the book like I am a nutrition expert I'm not a dating expert I'm speaking from experience when it comes to both the nutrition and the dating world, but in, you know, when it comes to like giving the nutrition advice, that is my expertise. With that said, a lot of people have like really been able to kind of notice like, wow, I've been settling in my relationship or I've been settling or I've been ignoring the red flags, you know, just by reading the book. And it's really helping them to see like, there are always going to be red flags and it's up to you to be able to like recognize them and to know and to trust your worth that you don't have to settle for that. You don't have to, you know, get caught up in the motions. Like you get to choose and you get to create what that looks like for you. Um, And so there's, I mean, like I said, there's so many different parallels, but that's kind of where I kind of started to draw by an initial inspiration from and, then the, the whole book was born. I love crazy. it. <laughs> so what are some of the red flags? Cause I'm imagining like putting on shoes that don't fit and that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about with these red flags. So what are mm-hmm. the shoes that don't fit? Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to like fad dieting specifically, I think the biggest thing we want to look at is like, is this going to, is this long-term? So if it requires you to eat out of Tupperware container and never leave your house, well, then that's probably (laughs) not going to work for you in the long run. And one of the analogies I kind of share is like, there's nothing wrong with a short-term fling, but if you're hoping that that short-term fling turns into marriage, well, then you're kidding yourself. And I did that for so long. There was, and I talked about it in my book, I had this, this guy that I would started out as that. It was just for fun. And then when, you know, he, we were, we communicated and it was very clear that like he didn't want anything serious. And at first, neither did I. But then my feelings changed. And instead of communicating that, I just kept so hoping that he would just like his feelings would turn around and then we'd somehow get married one day. And it's like, nope, he's never wanted that. He never will. He was very clear. Like I just in my head was trying mm. to create this fairy tale that was non-existent. Right. And so I think sometimes we we lie to ourselves a little bit and we mm-hmm. tell us like, oh, I'm just going to do, you know, like. Um, you know, this very like whole 30, for example, I'm just going to do it for the 30 days, just get the reset. And then I'm going to like, then I'll have this new plan. Well, it's like, if you're genuinely using it for the purpose of how it's supposed to be utilized, which is to really help you to explore some, maybe some intolerances or sensitivities. Do I agree that you need to go that extreme? Absolutely not. But if you are, then fine. And you're going to be done after the 30 days, then that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with a short-term fling if it's going to teach you something. But if you're sure. going to do it with the expectation that this is supposed to be long-term, well, you're going to be miserable you're going to be disappointed and you're making your life a whole lot harder than it needs to be, right? So some of those red flags are, you know, things that eliminate whole food groups, things that require 
having like a protein bar or protein shake or anything required. Nothing should be required. It should be suggested, you know, or, um, you know, you can choose to have a protein shake if you like it. You can have a protein bar if you like it, but it shouldn't be required. Uh, very low calorie meal plans, specifically like 1200 calories or less. I don't, anyone other than a toddler that is, you know, beneficial for, um, things that encourage, um, I think ignoring your hunger cues or meal skipping, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, potentially could be, you know, red flags. Um, what else? I didn't, I mean, there's so, I mean, a list of, you know, quote unquote, good or bad foods. That's probably a red flag. Anything there you feel like there's literally no wiggle room and there's just like a ton of rules. That's another red flag. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really, if it requires you to have food that you're allergic to, <laughs> big red flag, <laughs> right? Like, you know, those are just, just the start, but those are the kind of the few that I can rattle off the top of my head. <laughs> I love that. Well, what I really appreciate about what you said is like, there could be some benefit in a short-term fling if you're getting something out of it. Like if you're right. learning something, but as long as you keep your mindset very clear, like this is for a period of time, here's my goal. And then I'm going to go back to something more sustainable. Cause I think, and you know, tell me what you think about this, Tony, but like the whole like diet culture, anti-diet culture stuff, like sometimes it gets a little, it feels very polarizing. Yes. And like, I've worked with some clients lately who are wanting to maybe try some of the not even a fad diet, but just like even whole 30, right? Like if you look at it and some of the intentions behind it, like there's not all bad from it. There are some mm-hmm. good things we can pull, mm-hmm. but it's in the mindset. If you're trying to marry whole 30 or super low carb, like, yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I exactly. really love how it balances like this ability to have a little bit of curiosity and permission. And at the end of the day, we can't like stick to it forever. It's not marriage material. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's what dating is, right? Dating is getting to know what you like, what you don't like so that you get clear on what it is that you're looking for in the future. Like, so what I talk about in my book too, is I never really learned how to date because number one, I grew up overweight and I was teased about my weight. So I was always the the best friend, never the girlfriend high school. Mm-hmm. That's always how it was for me. I went to college and I started getting a little bit more t- attention, whether was it because I you know, started, you know, working out more, changing my eating habit, not working out more. I always worked out, but like, just, um, just like changing my eating habits a little bit. I I can tell you, was it because I was just outside of the bubble of where I grew up, where there was only one size that was considered, you know, attractive. And now I was part of a bigger community of people that, you know, appreciated different size bodies. That's probably more of what it was. (laughs) Um, but either way now the first guy who gives me attention ends up my boyfriend. Because I never experienced that before. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really consider the source of the attention. I was just like, oh, you like me? So I like you. Oh, here we are getting married. And like, and I was like, you know, I spent three years in this relationship that I finally realized, wait a minute, I like you. You're great, but like, you're not for me. Mm -hmm. And I never questioned that because I never learned how to date because that's just, you know, this is is the way in the world I kind of grew up. I never questioned it. Um, And so I think. Yeah. So I just have to say like that right there, there's such a parallel too. Cause it's like, how many times do you see clients who try a diet and it works for a little bit. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, this is how I have to eat for the rest of my life. Right. And you're like, Wait, right. No, no, no. It just like that Ex- moment in time. You're exactly. Not as you exactly. were when you were 21. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're a hundred percent. And I can speak so much to that. There's the one, the one side to that is like, yes, there's different stages. And so what worked for you then might not work for you now. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, I, one thing I say in my book, just because it works, doesn't mean it's working. Like mm. you can, it can be, it can, you can like it. <laughs> like it can be good, 
But like it also could be better and it's okay to kind of swap out that good for great. It's okay to understand, you know what, whether it be this partner or the thing that I'm trying out, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But it's not really, you know, given me like re- like quality, like enjoyment, fulfillment, you know, it's kind of like, I love you know, eating food that you know, it's nutritious and it's balanced and it's fine. Like you can like live your life eating this way, but like maybe you every once in a while want to be able to enjoy something that's flavorful and delicious and knowing that actually to live a healthy lifestyle, you don't have to give up those delicious foods. There mm-hmm. is a way to kind of find to balance it, balance it out. So yeah. So I love that. Just because it works doesn't mean it's working. Do you have an example right. of a client who recently discovered that? Yeah. Oh God, there's so many. I mean- I guess like I think when it comes to like exercise, I think a lot of people, you know, maybe find a exercise routine that, you know, it gives them the results that they're looking for, but Mm -hmm. they don't hate it, but they also don't like it doesn't light them up. And I think that that it's that there you can find ways to still you can love movement. You don't have to just settle for a type of movement that maybe for so long, maybe you used to get super excited. You really loved, um, I don't know, I don't want to put like, maybe you loved the CrossFit community, right? And at first it was like, you really liked it. Now it's like, it's giving you the results, but it doesn't excite you anymore. And like, it's working, but you miss looking forward to working out like you used to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stick to it. You can break up with that and you can go to give, you know, give something else a try. You know, you can try yoga. You can try dance. You can try, you know, another sort of like, you know, maybe like strength training workout or whatever it is. Um, so it's just, that's an example too. Like you, I think a lot of people, like you said before, they find what, what quote unquote worked for them and they get so hooked on it that they're mm-hmm. kind of afraid that they don't know how to kind of do anything outside of that. And I yeah. think that if the the real lesson here is that, it's we have to break up with the all or nothing mentality and just to know that like you can find there's many ways to be successful there's never just one way to be successful and if that's what you think and that's what you're told you really need to challenge that because that's that therefore is not truly a lifestyle change because a lifestyle is flexible and fluid um but if it's anything that's like you it has to look like this in order to work it's probably actually not going to work in the long run I love that. Yeah. It's like getting away from that all or nothing mentality allows you to kind of dream bigger and think, okay, life is good, but could it be better? You know, and you invite people into that space. That's really cool. Okay. So I want to shift over to this question that I've been dying to ask you, how do we find out which Disney princess we eat like? Oh yeah. So I created this quiz um, just as a fun thing to just get people to start to kind of think about the ways in which they eat and how we can start to utilize maybe some of our characteristics for good or rather than like maybe like being trapped by them. So so I what I did is I created this Disney princess quiz, which you can find on my website, tipswithtony.com. And I basically have you go through, it's like a 10 question quiz. And it really just helps you to figure out which Disney princess you eat like. Now, I created that based on like what I know the Disney princesses, like I their characteristics it. are. So like, for example, you can get Cinderella, who's known for being hopeful, which, you know, being hopeful is a beautiful characteristic. But if you are like too hopeful and now settling for like really crappy circumstances like she did for so long, like it's, it's to say like the fairy godmother, like 
isn't really coming for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it for Cinderella. There is no like diet fairy god. Yeah, you're going right? to have to like do something to kind of shift so you you can like stop settling for those circumstances. So it's learning how to be hopeful in like kind of a positive way. Then we have Snow White, who's known for her kindness, which is kind of like that people pleaser vibe. So if you're, you know, you feel like you're clear on what you want to do, what works for you. But then when you're around others, you're easily kind of tempted or misguided or or you feel judged. You know, you might resonate a lot with Snow White. Um, then we have um, Jasmine, who is actually she I feel like is an actual rock star the whole entire time in the entire movie she never actually ends up like following her father's footsteps and marrying the person that she was supposed to marry like she's she married the person for love like she decided that she wasn't going to kind of follow the regular rules and I, I think with that I think that's a beautiful thing but if I kind of put it in the way of if you were to not do what Jasmine did and kind of just like follow the rules of what everybody told you to do, you would probably end up being very like an emotional eater because you're kind of closing off your feelings and you're not really being open to that. So you might resonate with that, um, with the emotional eating, emotional eater in you, you would probably get Jasmine if you took the quiz. And then we have Ariel, who's known for her curiosity, who believes like the grass is always greener. And I think it's a beautiful thing to try new things. But sometimes the the avid yo-yo dieter, the, the they learn about what superfood it is. So they're doing this and then they're doing this and they're trying this and they're doing this. And they're never really like grounding themselves and kind of figuring out like, OK, like this works and but this what it works for me and how can I make it fun and exciting without like kind of constantly jumping from A to Z and never really getting anywhere right so those are the four Disney princesses that I kind of created in their ar archetypes and so if you want to know which one you eat like you would go to tipswithtony.com take the quiz and you'll obviously it. also get steps on kind of how to change that characteristic instead of like from it harming you or just you know discouraging you but more so to help you to make progress. I love it. So before you worked on all of this and drew all these parallels and became a dietitian, which one do you think you were? Uh, oh, definitely Cinderella. Yeah. Definitely Cinderella. Yeah. Hands down. If you read my book, you'll learn. I mean, I definitely, I think I had tendencies of Jasmine at one mm -hmm. point, um, but a hundred percent Cinderella. Cause at one point I really restricted my eating habits. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. You can read more about it in my book, but I got like hyper obsessed with quote unquote healthy eating mm -hmm. um it became very disordered and it was very rigid and I just I just felt and I kept like I kept was I was like chasing the number on the scale and then five pounds turned into five more pounds which turned mm -hmm. into five more pounds and I just kept like making things harder for myself and to moving the goalposts and I think Cinderella like that component of her keeps like hoping like it's going to be better then it'll be better when right, but right. it's learning how to you know one thing Cinderella did very well is like despite her ridiculous circumstances of being treated like a slave she had this beautiful spirit and beautiful attitude about her um and I think that's important to know that regardless of your circumstances you if you choose to see it in from this place of gratitude um then you might actually start to find a way out that's awesome yeah it's like the the characteristics aren't necessarily bad it's just right. like maybe they're channeled in the a exactly. non-productive path 100 that's yep. really cool that's well I'm definitely gonna have to go take my, yeah. <laughs> my test and see which Disney princess I eat like I feel like you I'd be curious too because I think it's a little bit harder if you I think if you have a healthy relationship with food unfortunately True. I didn't put a character in there it's kind of like to warn you for when you're feeling off gotcha so I would almost like answer it when like things are like 
you're maybe if maybe from an older version of you. I was going to say my 21 year old. I, you, I don't know who it. would. Yeah, I don't honestly, I, I should take it now as as like kind of like this healed part of me. I'm curious what it would show up for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll, like I said, I'll do it from like my 20, 20 something self and see what, yeah. what pops up. I love that though. Yeah. So tell me this once upon a diet method, you have some specific questions that you ask people to help them break out of the diet cycle. And you, you referenced this at the beginning, like sometimes yeah. we just need to ask the right t- questions to grow yeah. our relationship with food. So what are three questions people should ask themselves if they want to break out of that diet cycle? Yeah. So the first one is I kind of referenced it a little bit before. It's like, will this last past the honeymoon phase? So kind Mm -hmm. of sharing how like there's nothing wrong with a short term fling. But if you want something that's, you know, marriage material long term, ask yourself, can I see myself doing this for, you know, the next six months to a year or longer? Right. We mentioned before things can change in seasons. Mm -hmm. But if you really want something long term, like what is this going to last past the honeymoon phase? So that's question number one. Question number two, we also kind of talk, spoke about a little bit earlier, which is, do I even like this? Like, if you don't like it anymore, it's okay to shift it and to change it. That doesn't, maybe you don't need to like break up with it completely, but maybe you need to have that conversation, whether it be with yourself or your partner or a loved one, you know, or maybe you just need to make some adaptations or maybe really it's not for you and that's okay. You get to change, you get to choose, right? So the first question is kind of what I want people to ask themselves before they try something new. Do I even like this is the question I want you to ask yourself when you're in the middle of trying it or doing it or with a partner, whatever it is. Um, And then the last question is the most important question, which is kind of after or that in between moment, you know, which is what lessons did I learn from this? And if you don't ask yourself that question, then you will stay stuck in that cycle. So really kind of ask yourself, like, would you do it again? And this is there's more about it in my book. So um. I, you know, I hate to be that person, but if you go to my book, but if you go to Amazon, you should be that person, you like, it's amazing. It's like, no, because like, I'm really giving out a lot of what's in there because I want to help as much as I can. But I think it's also really helpful if you kind of have it. And I, even on my, um, on my website too, if you go to tipsatoni.com slash once upon a diet, you can download all the different PDFs that I speak about in the book. So it's really helpful material. Um, but like a couple questions even within that, uh, like what question, like what um, what lessons did I learn from this? It's like, you know, if you were to do it again, whether it be the diet or to date that person, like what would have to change for you to be happy and healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, like um, what are your non-negotiables? You know, I think establishing that, getting a little bit more clear now, knowing, you know, the certain information, um, you know is that okay for you? Is it not okay? Like, you know, really just, you know, assessing, um, and asking yourself what's worth it and what's not. I love that. Cause there's no pass fail. And I know, you know, this, but like, this Mm -hmm. is something I know I have to say on repeat to the women I work with is like, I just posted about this yesterday. I literally said, repeat after me. Failure is feedback. And I put failure in quotes because you're never failing. Failure. You don't yes. fail. You're there's literally the only there's no such thing as failing because there's always a lesson in it. There's always, always. a lesson in it. I guess the only way you can quote unquote fail is if you choose to ignore the lesson. Yeah. Just right. Repeat. Yeah. Like <laughs> just that I guess you of can insanity say, of doing yeah. it over and over, which a lot of us do. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, for you and I, because we are immersed in this world and we've, mm-hmm. I always say like, it's such a privilege to be a dietitian because 
I get to spend my days studying food. So in a, mm-hmm. like, it's almost unfair. I was able mm-hmm. to heal my relationship with food because of the time I've spent, you know, and spent helping other people. Yes. Yeah. It like, really, oh, really definitely it changes everything. It changes it? everything because a lot of the lessons that you were probably giving to clients, it's like a reminder for you of, mm-hmm. you know, what, you needed to do to get you to where you're at and it's it's a constant well, what's reminder funny is you say that about like you paralleled a lot of like what you were seeing in women um with food to your dating life like I see that in other parallels too like I parallel like oh my gosh I see my client struggling with this that reminds me of me struggling with my the stuff I'm struggling with in motherhood like being a mama mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even just podcasting so I think there are so many parallels we can draw but like I know in the food department it's definitely easy for you and I to not jump on the pass fail train but it's a it's a good reminder to know that like hey if we could take this concept of letting go of like quote failure and just learning it's not great for only just food but it's great for everything in life Mm -hmm. like you said in dating world I know I'm having to learn that hard and being a mama and raising boys it's like every day feels like a pass fail sometimes but I have to say those things to myself like okay there is no pass fail like I can learn from every step of the way a hundred percent a hundred percent and I, yeah. I can tell you're already doing a fabulous job with your children. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't even know you. Like, I really, we barely know each other. But, like, I can tell you right now, you probably are not even close to failing in the sense that you think you are. <laughs> you're so sweet. Well, thank you. I hear that. I receive it. I appreciate yeah. it. You know, but it is those things, like, we all struggle somewhere in different areas. And, like, mm. you know, at the food piece, though, for a lot of women is where I think they get tripped up. And so, yeah, we're on the same page with that past thing. Um, okay, so this once upon a diet method, there's obviously the book, which yep. where can people find the book and where can they buy it? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. You can get the paperback version, you can listen to the audio, and you can also download the ebook. All right, well, we'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. But I just, I so appreciate your approach. I'm so glad you finally found the shoe that fits. You started <laughs> acting more like Goldilocks because you're definitely helping so many out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.